Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Lord's Podcast with Will Rowe. Well, welcome to the latest Lord's Podcast. Here's a flavor of what's coming up. It's the most easiest thing to say now, but it, but it is. It's so much easier when you're out in the middle. I don't wonder why they have a few problems now. The young players have to take responsibility. Yep, that's right. Roy Keane on a cricket podcast, along with Dominic Cork's memories of one of England's most famous victories at Lords. To discuss all that and much more, I'm very pleased to be joined by cricket journalist Lizzie Ammon and Nick Compton. Welcome along both. How are we doing? Good, Will. Thanks, thanks for having me. Nice to be at Lords again. Yeah, good. Nice to be on the verge of some cricket again. We've had, not had any for a couple of months, have we? Absolutely, and it's a dark sky coming in here this afternoon. It's uh, it's not quite the Lords you know during the summer, but it's uh, certainly it's special. still beautiful. Absolutely. Well, the first thing I'd like to do in the podcast is um, say a little hello and thank you to all our Twitter followers who have um, tweeted in with their questions for you, Nick, uh, on, under hashtag AskCompo. Um, I think it'd be a miss not to start with, obviously, talking a little bit about Somerset and your future plans. So we've got a few questions here. Um hmm. From Chloe Sophia, she says, What club will you be joining now you've left Somerset? Kieran says, Why did you leave Somerset? Juliet Clancy, are you joining Surrey? Jim Price says, Fancy scoring a shed load of runs at Lancashire. Uh, Clayton Beerman, do you want your old locker back at Lords? Tim Murta has uh, tweeted uh, in, Where do you want to sit in the dressing room next year? It's, says. Not, it's not like him to pipe up after five years. I haven't heard from him. <laughs> And just to finish off, Jan Bartosik says, Hi Nick, have you thought about playing domestic cricket outside England now? So I guess answer all those at once. Ready, go. Uh, I, like the, I like the one about scoring a shed load of runs. I'm not sure about Lancashire, but um, no, look, my, my options are still, are still open. It's something that I'm going to consider over the coming weeks. Uh, I, yeah, I think I've said quite a lot about um, my recent departure from Somerset, which has been an incredibly tough thing for me to do personally because it's been a, a particularly successful time of my career and you know I, as I said in my in my message and in my in the press um, you know the the depth of gratitude I, I own to to Somerset and to someone like Brian Rose who, who brought me down there almost five years ago so no some very fun memories but uh, life does move on and uh, you know I also said that it was nice to, to be up near my support and family uh, up in the London region so you know, I'll, I'll sit down over the next co- coming weeks and, and decide where the future is. But 
the, the idea of short scoring a shed load of runs sounds very good and you know however that's for you know I'd like to continue to playing cricket and, and playing it successfully and and who knows where that may lead me well, I think one thing we can certainly take away from that is that all the cricket fans want to see you playing cricket so that's good news and yeah it's still very immediate so yeah. we'll see what, what see what the future brings well I think it's been a yeah it has been a challenging 16 16 months or so and I, I think that uh, in everyone's career it gets to a point where you know it is it is about reassessing and, and seeing where the next part of uh, my life goes I'm 31 and still feel I'm I'm in that sort of prime age if that if that's the right way of putting it and you know hopefully there's a few more runs in the bank and uh I think in terms of playing domestic cricket outside of England, I'd love to do that. But uh, I don't think there are too many opportunities, particularly in the larger form of the game, uh, longer form of the game, um, to do that. But uh, always open to offers. Lovely. And uh, we'll turn our attention to some other questions that came in, uh, not on your current plans. So Millie Roster says, what's the best thing about playing professional cricket? I think for me, it's been the opportunity to travel, um, you know, to some great countries, the likes of, you know, South Africa. Of course, I was born there, but to go back there and to play and to train, uh, Australia, India. I think India was probably the the place that I enjoyed, you know, traveling to the most. That that England win that we had was a particular fond memory, and and the uh, you know the opportunity to connect connect with, you know, other cultures, cultures that are also you know associated with cricket. So I think that for me has been the real highlight of of being a, a professional cricketer. Kells says, um, what will you miss about Somerset? And then also, who will win the X Factor? What will I miss about Somerset? Well, there's a few, I think there's definitely the pub meals and the, the walks in the, in the hills on a, on, on a weekend. I think the, nothing beats the outdoors and, and nature and being out there with nature. So I think I will miss that a lot. But I've, I've kept my house down there and, and I will be visiting on the, the odd day off. So, so that's nice to have. Who will win X Factor? Well, I have to say, rather embarrassingly, I have kept an eye on it this uh, this winter. Probably shows how unfruitful my uh, my winter's been so far. And I'm going to go for uh, the the Italian. I think the Italian's been uh, for me. I can't remember his name. Does he? What was his name? You... Look, I don't know why you're looking at me, composer. I, I can see. I can see. I can, I can see you on three G then. <laughs> Andreas Fastini. That's his it. Name is. Yeah, he's a he's a funny old chap, and he brings something different. So good luck to him. Well, you heard it here first. Um, Amanda, 17, says, what are your favourite hobbies and what would you like to be if you weren't a cricketer? That's a nice question. Yeah, my favourite hobbies, you know, I'm particularly into my anything creative, really. I would say photography is a particular hobby that I have that I really enjoy, particularly going on these travels. You know, I try and always uh, add it to the, to the cricket bag. Um, and, you know, I think golf is a, another hobby that I try and do as much of, you know, in the off-season. Um, if I wasn't a cricketer, well, that's a, again, it's something that I am looking at now in terms of you know post cricket. I think it's important to to have an eye on on things after um, your your sporting profession. Um, you know, the media is something that I've enjoyed, and you know, my dad and mum are both in PR. So I think you know to be a, a sort of travel TV presenter, to do the odd cooking show or fitness show or something like that around the world, and get to go into different cultures again, you know, would be something that would probably fulfill, you know, my, the creative uh, aspect in me. Lovely. That kind of answers Alan George's question, which was how soon before a media spot beckons. So maybe imminently. Not too, not too soon. Not Just too soon. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Haroon Ahmed, what was it like playing with Pakistan's Abdul Rahman? Well, he was he was very successful in the short stint he had at Somerset. So you know, from that perspective, I really enjoyed it. I 
I know he came out with a couple of things a couple of months after that and didn't play much cricket for a, a few months. But you know what? I mean, that aside, he was a he was a great guy to have in the change room. You know, uh, you know, laid back, uh, which 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 most people would probably understand now. And but a, but a fantastic bowler. Take that away as a cricketer. Uh, you know, the pace that he bowled, similar to Monty uh, Panasar in many ways. You know, bowled quick and on the right pitch could turn it. Um, at pace so anyone who can do that is a real asset to any county team or international team so he, he was great and he could also hold the bat as well and uh, you know I think everyone you know particularly when I was playing it really enjoyed him what's a long have you got any long lost childhood possessions of yours that you'd like to see again that's from hashtag Jimmy's biggest fan well when I was at uh, back in South Africa last Christmas I, I remember having a bit of an argument with my mother because my grandfather had a cricket bat that he that he gave me or left me uh, many years ago, and and over the over the years, my family have been traveling and and uh, moving house. So, I just hope that uh, that bat is is hidden somewhere, um, whether it be in a box or in a loft or whatever it is. So, you know, I haven't seen that for a long time. So that would be uh, my most prized possession that I would I would love to have with me at some stage. Lovely. And just to finish off, um, Dwarkanath Prabhu says, "Can you please explain your appearance on ETV?" Not much to say there. Um, a moment of madness, there's no doubt. Uh, spent some time in America and was asked to do a charity show for for a particular charity and, and stupidly said yes. Uh, it was a bit of one of those when in Rome and realized five minutes afterwards thinking, oh dear, what have I done here? So anyway, you only live once. It was a bit of fun. Well, there you go. Fantastic. Um, Lizzie, I'd love to bring you in now as we're going to be picking our England ODI 11. Oh, not much of a job then. <laughs> not much of a job. Um, Nick, obviously you get involved too. Um, it's been a bit of an up and down summer for England. Um, sort of, you know, redeemed themselves in the test matches. Didn't do so well in the ODIs. They're now in Alta Sri Lanka. It's beginning a seven-day, uh, one-day international series soon. Um, so, yeah, let's just start at the top. Yeah, I mean, this is a pretty unique winter for England. And uh, they've never really done this before where they have exclusively one-day cricket in the lead-up to a, to a World Cup. And that's why, obviously, the Ashes were moved and why we had back-to-back ones. Um, that, Alistair Cook, the other day, we were here for his departure press conference and said uh, he believes that, you know, this is England's one of England's best chances to win. <laughs> and whilst you might think, I'll have a pint of what he's been drinking, please, he has got a point in that... There really is nothing else for them to be distracted by. One day series is always tacked onto the back of the test series. People are always rested and rotating it. So um, that's a good opportunity. On the other hand, we're back to the old discussion that we always have about England's ODI squad is do we even know what our best 11 win? Not very far away from the World Cup and we're, we're, at, the, we're at square one. Well, I don't think they're any closer to knowing what their best 11 is than they were three years ago. Um, we're here today, news from Sri Lanka that the warm-up game tomorrow, we're recording on Thursday, so that's Friday, um, Alistair Cook will open with Moen Ali with Ian Bell at three and no Alex Hales in the warm-up game, which is interesting. Um, it's, uh, it, it's a really difficult one to pick. Whichever way you cut it, I don't think Alistair Cook gets in the side. He hasn't scored a century for 18 months. He's just not in form. He's just not in the right place. Let's leave the captaincy aside for one moment. So for me, we yeah. open with Hales. Yeah, Hales at one. And Bell at two. I can't believe I'm going to do this because this is going to come back and bite me. No, you've it? got to pick really it. Bad. Have a go. Have a go, really Liz. <laughs> uh, Moen at three. Moen at three, yeah. Probably Root at four. 
I see you're, you're reading off the list of the ODI squad I've given you that's gone out. You can pick players that aren't on the oh, list. Oh, well, can I? Yeah, of course. Oh, in which case, that's a totally different ball game because I'd have Jason Roy somewhere, I think. Well, you can put Roy up there I'd somewhere. have Hales and Roy probably opening. Okay, we'll put Bell slash Roy. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I want Ravi in there. Yeah? I want Ravi in there. We'll put him Just at five. because he's Ravi and you can't not have Ravi. Yeah. Um, I want to see James Taylor in the side because I think the bloke has done... What more can he do? He's done so much. He's done, you know, his his stats just stack up. And I fear he's going to be the one who gets perpetually left out hmm. in this series. And can I ask, are we are we looking at a at an England side, particularly for Sri Lanka? Are we looking at with an eye on the World Cup? Yeah, that's because it's very, they're very different. So you'd have a very different balance of the side, wouldn't you, for Sri Lanka as you would for Perth? Is that how they're viewing it? Are they, are they, is this, do you well, think that they've got an eye question, on that? Well, that's an interesting question, isn't it? Is whether they, in Sri Lanka, they want to win the matches or whether they want to try and work out what their best 11 for Australia is, you'd think that, that actually winning some matches is pretty important for confidence sure. matters. But you would pick, you will pick a different side in Sri Lanka to who you will pick. And obviously, Anderson and Broad come back into the squad. If you're picking your best 11, you've got Anderson and Broad in there without absolutely without any doubt whatsoever. Um, and then it's a case of who you fit in around them. Josh Butler, obviously, Joss is, Butler. Is, is in ink, isn't he? Yeah, Butler in at seven. I yeah, mean, I I've, think that the, the squad... I've missed out Owen Morgan. Oh, I'm going to... You've I missed out I Morgan. can't do this, Well, it's too sorry, hard. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> well, I mean, look, we're picking a team which is obviously one which you'd play in Sri Lanka, but obviously with an eye to the World Cup. So it's, you know, if you had to pick your strongest England ODI side, who would it be? For a World Cup in Australia, you want three seamers and a spinner. So you've got Anderson... Anderson Broad, and then you've got Finn's an interesting question, isn't it? Because um, if if Finn gets back to what he was in ODI cricket a couple of years ago when England were number one, then Finn is obviously gives you something that Broad and Anderson doesn't. He gives you the pace, he gives you the potency. There's a question mark: Is he back? Will he ever be back to his yeah. best? Uh, but uh, you know, let's put him in. Put him in at nine, and then eight. We've still got well, you, no Ben Stokes. You need a spinner, but you won't have yeah. Chugwell batting at eight. <laughs> you got Moeen. Not Moeen. I don't know. Who would who would you have, Conco? Jordan, perhaps. It's very difficult trying to fit what is a, a very exciting squad into 11 slots, and um, Cook doesn't get in, whichever way you look at it, really. I think for me, you've, you've got to look at, um, you know, you've got to have an eye on the World Cup. I think that's, you know, they've spoken about that. And to win a World Cup... Uh, you've got to do something slightly different. Um, you know, you look at World Cups down the line, you know, certain distinctive traits have been shown by different teams, you know, whether it be Jaya Saria and uh, Kyla Vithirana, who went very hard in the 96 World Cup. You know, you look at um, England with, under uh, Paul Collingwood, who won the 2020 World Cup, you know, they, they sort of came across the, the, the slow ball bouncer, which was something quite new. Mm. Um, and I just feel... Um, I don't really want to mention names, but I just think if if you're going to go into this World Cup, particularly in Australia, look at the brand of cricket that Australia and South Africa are playing at the moment. You know, the high scores, very dynamic individuals, the likes of your Finches, your, your A.B. de Villiers. Now, I understand that players like that don't come across every day, so you've got to work with what you've got. But I feel that uh, I would agree with Lizzie there in the sense that the, the likes of your Jason Roy's, your Alex Hales's, you know, yes, they may not turn out to be your your Finch or your... Um, David Warner's, but I think you're going to have to compete with these guys and they're big fields in Australia, the ball does come on, um, so guys that, that can take it on 
Um, because otherwise you sit in the middle again, don't you? And I think there is room for, for run scorers. Your likes of your James Taylors, your, your, your Ian Bells, your Jonathan Trotts. You know, I, I think you have to look at also stats from the last one-day tournament. I mean, Jonathan Trott was, again, the, the leading run scorer in the one-day competition. Um, he was very much a, a leading one-day run scorer for England, even though there was question marks over, were question marks over his, his pace and what have you. But I think someone does need to hold things together. Absolutely. Um, I think, I think for me, it's important to identify who that guy is going to be. I'm not saying it's Jonathan Trott at all, but I'm just saying that I, I think there has to be um, there has to be more explosive um, players in there. I think the likes of your butlers. I think Ravi Papara, particularly in Sri Lanka, um, does a good job with ball and bat. Um, but for me, I'd, I'd go a little bit uh, sideways, and I'd almost make you know Collingwood my captain in many ways for the one day stuff. You know, he he did exceptionally well. Averaged over fifty in the one day competition, just gone, won the trophy with Durham, has won a World Cup um, with England, um, is in good fettle at the moment. And if you look at down the list, it, you know, there's some experience, but there's not some real experience. You know what I mean? Um, and I think Collingwood would provide that. And you know, so I think if you if you're going in with we want to win the World Cup, if you're trying to look at it as a as a way of building for the future and stuff, well then it's a different conversation. But I think if you want to win the World Cup, um, the likes of Stephen Finn are going to be important because they bring something different, particularly in Australia. You need pace and bounce. Um, he brings the ball back in. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got your Stuart Broads who are very adept in one day cricket. Your Jimmy Andersons. But I think the other important thing is having your death bowlers. You know, and I think if we come back to Sri Lanka, that would be the the question. For me at the moment is that there is no Jimmy Anderson, Stuart Broad, you know, I'm who a does, bit who, who does, does the, the death, death bowling, you know, and yeah. that, that will be a massive area. Even though Sri Lanka have been quite heavily beaten by by India, I think they're still they're, they've got their five games ahead. They've got five games of practice. I'm sure they'll dust down and go right, okay. Um, and England are going into foreign conditions, so it'll be a, a huge series for England. And I, you know, I think for looking at it from the likes of James Taylor's, I mean, they've got everything to gain, haven't they? A great opportunity. Um, Provided he gets a... Yeah. Gets a, he's not just there. To, 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 I mean, he does seem to be... Prepared. I think if James Taylor plays, I think I think you've got to either play him at number three, yep. um, where he's batted, or four, where he's batted for Nottingham. Course, Is yeah, that right? Yeah. yeah. Um, because I think otherwise... You know, he, he's not a massive guy. And, he, you know, he does hit the ball pretty well for a small guy. And he's every time I've played against him, he's been very, very Just skilled at the one-day game. Yeah, he does, yeah. He's a, very, he's a very dynamic player. Um, but I think he's either going to be given a chance or he's... Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. 
That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Not, um, you know, whether they, they, you know, Alistair Cook or Ian Bell up front. Um, but I do think in, in partnering him, they need a, a, some sort of explosivity, you know, um, whether Moen plays that role or Alex Hales. I think they just need a bit more up there. You know, I'm going to put my neck out here a bit and say that, you know, the likes of your Jason Royce, even your Craig Keyswetters, you know what I mean? I, I've played with him at Somerset for a long time and there's few players who hit the ball as cleanly as he does. And I just feel he's got quite a lot of experience now. He's, he's been out of the England fold for a while. Um, you know, he, again, names are, you know, sort of, I'm just putting a few names out there, but just Absolutely, guys that, yeah. that have the ability to hit, to, to do something special, um, mm -hmm. You know, whether they do that or not is a different thing. But but Jason Roy's and your Kerry have got something special as an X factor to them. And I know there's always, there have been question marks, but there's question marks with every player. And I just think that if you're going to win the World Cup, you know, something different, someone's got to take it on, you know, and you can't just do the same thing over again. I mean, there's more than one way to skin a cat, isn't there? And there's more than one way to win an ODI. We saw with Rohit Sharma's um, incredible innings the other yeah. day. He started off relatively slowly. And that's fine. Building a platform is absolutely fine, provided you can then kick on. The thing that England haven't been able to do is they've kept the wickets actually in the power play. They just then haven't they been able to. Hundreds. They just have. They haven't gone on to make the big hundreds. Um, and that's that's a really important, really important. And uh, uh, but actually, there's a pretty explosive middle order. Yeah, potentially there. there is. And there's definitely some potential. I think a lot of England fans is some of there's a bit of doom and gloom around the ODI side. But actually, from just some of the interesting points you just made. There's definitely some match winners there, and it's just about finding the right mix. Yeah. Lovely. I'd like to move on now to a bit which you just touched on a moment ago, Nick. Um, we're talking about experience. Um, I'd just like to turn our attentions now to a discussion that cropped up during the London Sports Writing Festival here at Lords. The former Manchester United footballer Roy Keane was one of the speakers. He was asked about comments he made as a TV pundit after a poor Manchester United performance in Europe. Keane believed that the younger players needed to take more responsibility. Here's what he had to say. If you listen to my comments then, I, I thought we were fairly balanced. I thought United, the younger players have to do more. Now, if you're a young player at Man United, like I was a young player, well, young, tw 21 when I went there, 20, and you've not performed, then that, you have to accept that. That's, as I said, I don't think it was overboard. If you think this is overboard, I think my comments were, younger players have to do better to play for Man United. If you think that, if that's overboard... Jesus, we're in trouble, aren't we? <laughs> but again, the game was at Ferguson afterwards instead of Ferguson. Not necessarily taking my comments on board because I think he knew deep down. I also know young players have to learn from the experienced boys. But you can't keep blaming the senior players all the time. Oh, Giggs has got to do this gig. Up to last year, Man United were dependent on Giggs. Giggs was 38, 39 years of age. And they wonder why they have their few problems now. The young players have to take responsibility. Michael Owen and Norman White, these old boys were making marks in, on football when they were 17 years of age. Why do you have to wait till they're 27? You know, don't, don't hide behind the fact you're young all the time. And when I, we're saying young, some of the players at United are 21, 22. That's not young. 
Roy Keane there, talking about youth um, in football. Obviously, this is a cricket podcast, and I'd like to bring it straight back to that. But I think some of the points he mentions there, are, you, you can there is a bit of crossover, and I'd like to discuss the, the balance of youth and experience, and particularly in English cricket. Well, cricket's interesting, isn't it? Because much more than football, it's an individual game played in a team environment. And actually, in terms of cricket skills... People do get a lot better with age, particularly with spinners. And we see with Jimmy Anderson. I mean, he's become a master, hasn't he? In the last, since he was 27, maybe. So it makes it very different. And it's not all about how young and fit you are and how fast you can run. Um, So that makes it very different. But I think the point that he's making is that it's not about your age. So, you know, you're not, you can be quite experienced at 22 and you could be quite mature at 22. Um... I think one of the things that's really important in England cricket, and I've really worried about this, and not, I'm not the only one, obviously, is that actually in the international environment, sometimes they're a bit too managed, and that stops you from becoming an adult, in inverted commas, as it were, um, and sort of you know, taking responsibility for your, own, for your own actions, your own development, your own responsibility, because you're quite managed, you're quite micromanaged. Um, so I, I sort of see his point, and actually it's quite important, I think, in, in cricket that you are able to take responsibility for your own actions, even if you're only 18. I like what Lizzie says there. I think, you know, there's two things I'd pull out from that. One is your 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 own self-reliance, your own de- development as, a, as an individual, as a human being. And I would say that in sport, not just cricket generally, that you're given quite a lot nowadays as a young sportsman. And, you know, the, the irony is that you're not learning for yourself you're not you're not learning that self-reliance you know that that toughness that you know if you speak to some of the old greats and what have you you know if you want to learn how to bowl you bowl you know what I mean if you you know if you want to bat you go and bat in the winter you know whereas nowadays there's obviously different programs and you know and that's modern science has obviously grown as an infrastructure um, and, and obviously added a huge amount as well but all I'm saying is that you know, I think it's a, it's an interesting conversation. I think fundamentally, you want your best players playing all the time. Um, yeah. If they're twenty one or, or thirty one, or 30, you know, not bringing up my own age, but <laughs> I, I think you know, just looking for my own career, I, I think I think there there's definitely room for you know holding players back at times. You know, so that when they come in, instead of coming in for a couple of games and then going out, it's come in and stay in. You know, and that and that's a lot to do with your own personal development um, as a, both a player. Are you good enough when you come in? And, and that's down to your skill development. And I think that uh, it's always nice to have a balance of youth and experience, but fundamentally it's about having the best team. I mean, if you want to win and you're in a, you're in a professional environment where you need to, where performances are important, you know, you play your most skilled individuals, your best players. Um, and, you know, it's, I think if someone is 21, 22 and played 50 games, well, I suppose from a cricket point of view, they are quite experienced. But from a, from a life perspective, they may be less experienced. So there is that balance. But uh, nowadays, things are getting younger and younger. People are being exposed to more. And uh, you do expect some of your younger players now, if you, you know, looking at, the, looking at the, the quote, I think that um, Ian Bell, Alistair Cook said about uh, some of the other players standing up. You know, I mean, they might be 26 or 27, but actually... In cricketing terms, international terms, they're still relatively inexperienced. So, you know, I can sp- I can speak from relative experience that it does take time to come into a new environment. Whether you've played 150 matches for your county, you know, when you put that England shirt on, it is a it is a new feeling. It's a new surroundings. There's there's things that you have to have to absorb. I mean, if I looked at 
how well I played after 15 or 20 first class matches yeah. compared to what I how I feel now in the first class it's very very different so um, you know I, I don't know if I've answered the question there but I, I think that it's an, it's an interesting answer it's somewhere <coughs> between maturity experience and age and it's a kind of a combination of all and they don't always they're not always interlinked well I you guess. get your players like your Ricky Pontings and your Michael Clarks who, who are sort of, and your A.B. de Villiers who are outstanding at, from the age of 21 mm-hmm. through to whenever they retire they've always been good but, uh, you know, you, you know that's not the norm. There's very few of those, aren't there? No, and then there are others who really are late bloomers. I mean, look at Ricky Clark. He's, Andrew Strauss. I, yeah, they're, they're, they're late bloomers. And we've got to allow, and actually one of the great things about cricket is that there is room for you to play and be older. And, and it's not, you know, age is not actually such, so much of a big factor. I think that's one of the things I love about this sport. Agree. History and Cricket with the Lords podcast. Now in 2000, Lords witnessed one of the most dramatic test matches held at the ground. Fittingly, it was the 100th test match with England hosting the West Indies. The game was over within three days, but it was no one-sided affair. England, having bowled the Windies out for just 54 in their second innings, was set 188 to win, but Courtney Walsh had other ideas. Having been 91 for one, England slipped to 140 for six, thanks mainly to some fine bowling from Walsh. And at that moment, it looked like the momentum was going the West Indies way. But then Dominic Cork stepped forward to play one of the most nail-biting innings of his career. But for some reason, even when Craig White got out, I had my pads on and I just thought, well, it's down to you now. And it's the most easiest thing to say now, but it, but it is. It's so much easier when you're out in the middle. Uh, six wickets down, you know, you're in trouble. Uh, big, big trouble against probably one of the best teams in the world at, at the time, bowling-wise, not batting-wise. Uh, so I just thought, you've got to play your game. And thought, be positive, be confident. Crowd, you can see it's a packed house. It's only day three. Well, you know, it, that's, how, that's how it was. Um, and again, you, you get away with a few. You know, even now, how did I get away with that? That's over mid-off. Um, and it just, you know, I'm willing it to get to the boundary. I mean, pushing it now doesn't. Uh, so you run as hard as you can. You eventually uh, run for uh, Nick Knight at the other end, scampering along. Still need 26 to win. Short ball. I think I had premeditated that, and it went straight out of the ground. Six, I remember, just over towards the grandstand. John Hampshire, the uh, umpire. Uh, you know, even then, you don't see what's going on around, uh, but you know that, you know... You can create history here and, uh, you know, you can win a test match. People didn't really fancy me as a, as a batsman. Um, and, you know, you, you know you're one shot away. Um, and even now, you know, you're thinking, can you, is it going to happen? You know, you've got, you've got Darren Goff at the other end saying, saying to me, just I think how famous we'll be if we win this uh, test match. You know, he's not... Uh, worrying about anything else and you know you need one run what do you do do you look to just try and scamper I just got the ball and thought there we go and even now you know hairs on the back of your neck seeing the guys um, you know jumping on on the on the balcony it's it's so much easier out there a day that I'll, I'll remember for a long long time not just personally but the fact that I was recalled to the side uh, the side had worked really hard and uh, Darren Goff uh, will always, the comment will always stick in my mind, but uh, no, great occasion, the 100th Test match at Lords and uh, England beat the West Indies. Dominic Cork there, recalling that famous match, in fact we, we had him watching some footage, which is what he's referring to during that, and you can hear even just there that it's getting him going again, just mm. watching 
well, special moments. I mean, can you, you you remember that game? I take it. I do remember that game. I wasn't here, but I do remember it. Yeah, absolutely incredible. And Nick. Yeah, I remember it well. Yeah. I mean, Dominic was always a larger than life sort of character, even in his older days, um, more senior days playing at, at Hampshire. Um, he was uh, he he was a, a a good competitor, to say the least, really. But uh, yeah, type of a, a scenario that, that he must have reveled in, and uh, it was—I remember, yeah—it was one of those great situations, you know, watching him win like that, you know, against the, the Walsh and Ambroses was was fantastic. So I, I do remember it well. Absolutely, and one of the things that we've been doing this year, because it's the bicentenary of the Lord's Ground, has been sort of looking back with a bit of nostalgia at some of the amazing performances here. Gucci's three-three-three, India winning that Nat West match in two thousand and two. As I'd like to put the question to the both of you: Have you got a particular memory or game at Lords that kind of sticks out in your mind? Uh, in terms of one I was at and witnessed live, um, the fourth ODI against Australia in 2009, there was a spell of bowling from Brett Lee that was just phenomenal. I mean, the speed and the, uh, the potency. I think he took 5 for 50 or 5.49 or something. Blew us away and uh, Australia obviously won easily because they always do. Um, and it's, it, it was just a phenomenal piece of bowling and, and Brett Lee at his absolute finest. Nick, uh, I, I'd have to say I twelfth man for England, which was a, a really big occasion for me. And I, I remember Andrew Flintoff at the time was sort of playing his his last couple of games or, or what have you. And uh, I think he got five wickets and sort of knelt down on the pitch like he did and got all the players to run around him. But I, I was twelfth man, and I think to run out with the drinks during that occasion was was massive for me and, and something that I. I remember, I remember running on, and Peter Siddle was at the top of his marks. Mark, and obviously in the first game of the series, I think England got criticised for the time-wasting tactics of twelfth man, and so I came on, and there were a few, <laughs> few interesting uh, verbals uh, passed my way as I, as I ran on, and sort of said, "It's nothing to do with me. I'm just, I'm just following orders." But uh, um, I remember that, and and that was a great opportunity not to watch it but to be a fan but but also to be in the change room and, and have my first real taste of being an England cricketer and you know I think that sort of really egged me on to, to to go the full full distance myself yeah some lovely memories of the great old ground here to finish off the podcast I'd love to do the the bicentenary podcast quiz um there's not much skill involved in this uh, Lizzie you've played before so I haven't I lost so you're That's at a slight advantage yeah <laughs> but you've had the experience Nick it's purely guessing people's ages so I'm going to give you a cricketer and a non-cricketer, and you have to tell me who is older to score the point. Okay. That's it. Um, Nick, you can go first. We'll wait for that siren to go past. Who is older, Matt Pryor or Kim Kardashian? (laughs) I'm going to go with Matt Pryor. Uh, I think you've asked this because Kim Kardashian is older. Hmm. Kim Kardashian is older. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) One point to Lizzie. Next question. Lizzie, who is older, Nick Compton or pop star Ollie Mers? Nick. I think I'm older than him, yes. Yep, you're both correct by a year, so there we go. 2-1. Nick, who's older, Mark Ramprakash or chef Jamie Oliver? (laughs) (laughs) I'm useless at this game I've got no idea I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go Jamie Oliver I think you're right Jamie Oliver yeah 
You're both wrong. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Ramps is six years older than him. Oh, wow. So really? Sorry, yeah. Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lizzie, Jacques Callis or Benedict Cumberbatch? Oh, good grief. Um, Jacques Callis. It's tight. I'm going to go Jacques Callis. He is indeed by just the one year. So it's close. we've got it at 3 2 going into the final round. A bit of tension, always good. Oh. Nick, who's older, Sir Garfield Sobers or Dame Maggie Smith? <laughs> I'm going to go Maggie Smith. Well, I'll go for Sobers. Oh, we've got a draw. Dame Maggie Smith by a year. So there we go. Real honourable. How very lovely. Lovely way to finish the <laughs> podcast, isn't it? A nice three all draw there. Well, um, thank you very much. Oh, well, thank you both very much for coming on. Um, what have you got planned over the next few weeks, Lizzie? Well, there's what's some going get, on? Getting up early to watch some England play some cricket. <coughs> yeah. Uh, and then there's a tri series in the new year, which I'm hoping to get out to. Lovely. And Nick, I won't ask too much more about your future, but it's okay. In the immediate future, got God. a ball to go to. Just, uh, I've got a charity event. Yeah, this evening, uh, right to play, and uh, you know, looking forward to that. Um, and then uh, I'm actually going to the Formula One. Um, in in Abu Dhabi, so I thought I'd just put that out there. I got a, I got a yeah. free I got a free ticket, and uh, having never been before, I just thought you know, why not? And it's a double pointer. <coughs> big game, big. yeah, big 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 race. So looking forward to it. Be great, great stuff, great stuff. Well, thank you very much for both coming on. Really appreciate it. Um, many thanks for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back next month with more cricketing stories from Lords. So remember to follow us on Twitter. Our handles at Home of Cricket. Be our friend on Facebook. And for all the latest news from Lords, just go to lords.org. See you soon.